0: Over the last several weeks, we've been preaching on David. The Bible says, and Daniel purposed in his heart. He made some decisions at the very beginning of the book. In Daniel chapter 1-8, it says David purposed in, Daniel purposed in his heart. He made some decisions. And the decisions that he made at the beginning of Daniel, it was what allowed God to use him to change an entire nation through the rest of Daniel. Now, that's powerful to me. That's, a, that's an amazing thing that Daniel... Was used by God in such a mighty way. But it wouldn't have happened had He not have made some decisions. One translator said, and He resolved that He would not. You know, you did, if you, I've learned this in my own life. If I wait till I'm in the frying pan to make a decision on what I should do, it's too late. I have to decide. I, I gotta be honest, if I don't get up in my morning and decide to get in the presence of God and I decide that today I'm going to walk in the fruits of the Spirit and I decide that I'm going to you know, show Christian love, and it won't take the first person to walk in the room to get me in the flesh in just a minute. And if I don't make the decisions before I find myself there, I can blow it and I spend most of my time repenting instead of moving into a place where God can use me. Amen. So this year, the first this year, I've just decided that I'm going to purpose in my heart. There's got to be some decisions I'm making. So over the last several weeks, we've been making those during the process of making the decisions that we've been making. I've been laying out the vision of this church. You know, our church is a church that loves God and loves people. You want to know what people say, well, what's your church about? We're about loving God. We come in together. Everything we do, we want God to get the glory. We want to honor Him. We want to love Him. At the same time, we want to be used by God to love people. And I don't care what shape, size, creed, color, nationality, side of town, uh, social class you come in, we love you. That's who we are because we were all of the above and God loved us. So because God loved us, we want to be a church that truly shows people that we love them too. So that's one of the major motivating factors of what we do and where we try to use our resources. So we love God, we love people, and the way we do that is just four simple ways. The four simple ways we do is we we want you to discover God or we want you to um, know God. So in services like this, we design these services and these moments for you to come in and have an encounter with God. You'd come in. We can't make God move, but you can, we can create an atmosphere where you can come and move into a service and allow God to move. So we do that on the weekends. We come together and we know more. We in the Word, when we're teaching, we want to know more about God. That's what we do here. We come to hear the Word and learn more about Him, spend more time in His presence, and so we know God. Then secondly, what we want to do is we want people to find freedom. Because when I got saved... When I met God and I accepted God, I was completely saved spiritually, but I was ninety-nine percent still jacked up spiritually. I mean, physically, emotionally, mentally. I was saved going to heaven, but I was still broken in my soul. My soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. And so, you can be saved and still be messed up. You can be saved and still be addicted. You can be saved and still, you know, be broken and hurt. But that's not God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life is that you find freedom. And so we've talked about it over the last couple of weeks. You can get back on podcast. I wasted way too much time in the first service talking relapsing, but uh, re, re going back over rehashing, not relapsing. Right. <laughs> rehashing what we talked about. But we want you to find freedom. And the way we, we believe for people to be able to find freedom is that you do it in our life groups, in small groups. You need help. I need help. We do it together. Life was never meant to live alone. Life was meant... For us to come together, connect with believers, and believers help us walk through what it is we're walking through. Help us get free from the things that we get through. So we have our life groups designed for that. We have tons of them. And so if you need to know what they are, Pastor Yvette is our Connections Pastor. His sole job at this church is to help you find a life group that will help you get free. Like tonight, um, we're having the young adults. Cody and Mallory run our young adults program, and I'm pumped for them. They've got a movie theater reserved tonight. They're going to be playing a family movie. We've not really announced what it is, but I'll just stick it to you. They're watching Disney Soul tonight. Have you seen Anybody seen the movie Disney Soul? They're playing it tonight. It's a friendly kid movie. It's the newest Disney movie out, and so they'll be playing it there so your kids will enjoy it. You'll enjoy powerful message. say, well, that's not really Christian. Disney, God can use anything if you're listening for Him. He can speak to anything. But it ain't all about that. It's about you building relationships and these relationships helping you get free going down the road. So tonight they're going to be doing Disney Soul. Now let me I'll be honest with you, it's young adults. And so young adults, um, it's not for everybody. And so if you're, see me and Jennifer in this weird conundrum, she's young and I'm old. And so like on the events like that, Jennifer can go and I can't. But uh, you need to know uh, that if you're not a young adult, hey, this is not for you. I'm just being serious because I want you to understand why the purpose we have these small groups because we're trying to connect people and we keep their life groups but i'm calling small groups just for example i've asked every small group leader to cut and shut the doors off at 20 people and that's i know a lot of people don't understand that you think you know we'd want it to get as big as possible no because if it gets above 20 people people won't get to be connected in deep relationship like they're supposed to be you say well does that exclude anybody no because as soon as one hits 20, we start another. That can take 20 more. And so if you're not in one and you want to be in one, and you're thinking about casually attending one, you better get in one now because we've already had two close out. And so we will be shutting the door. And I'm not trying to be mean. What I'm trying to be is on purpose. And I'm trying to keep our purpose on purpose. And small groups are not just to have an activity. Small groups are not just to have another service. Small groups are... Now, the only two that I'm not cutting off, are three, really, the three I'm not cutting off is Celebrate Recovery, is Youth in children's ministry. We can have as many of those as we want, right? <laughs> but, but, but we're cutting off the other ones. And so I'll tell you what we're doing with the Wednesday nights real quick. I'm just going to throw a lot of information on you and use grab it because I need you to help find freedom. Um, what we're doing on Wednesday nights between now and Easter, we're taking our Wednesday nights and we're pulling back from services and we're going to move into small groups or life groups every Wednesday night through from now till Easter. Reason why we're doing that is because how many guys have ever been walking through the mall and, um, you're, you're going through there, and you're not even planning on eating, but then all of a sudden there's somebody with the platter going, you want one? You want to try one with a little toothpick on it? You want to try one? I was going through the mall the other day about three months ago with my girls at the Hattiesburg Mall, and we were walking because that's where the Chick-fil-A was. So we were headed to Chick-fil-A. And on our way there, the Asian restaurant was there. And there she was with her bourbon chicken on this plate. And she was like, would you like a sample? Would you like a sample? And the girls both took their toothpicks, put it in. And was like, oh, that's the best chicken I ever had. Dad, can we please get this? And so the story out of this is... They had a little sample, and my car got covered in noodles and rice and bourbon chicken when we were supposed to have Chick-fil-A. But you, what I, we're doing this on Wednesday nights for this reason, that you can get a little taste of what these are on a normal night while we have child care and youth going on and those kind of things, and it will help you move into freedom. On Wednesday nights, starting next Wednesday night, we're going to have each small or life group leader still say, and give a 10-minute overview, but we're offering... Marriage class, you say, uh, me, and Pastor Yvette, uh, me and Pastor Maurice were outside talking this morning about marriage class. Somebody just told him, he says he invited them to their marriage class. And they, he said, um, they said, you know, we're not having trouble in our marriage. We don't need it. Well, that's when you need marriage class. Because if you wait till you need it, you do not need marriage class. You need marriage counseling. And I'm serious. There's a difference. This is not marriage counseling. This is, it's like I tell him, I said, that's like me waiting until I'm 400 pounds to go to the gym and try to get in shape. It's too late then. I'll give up. You know what I'm saying? You got to get, you got to stay on top of these things before it becomes an issue. And so if you want to have the most amazing marriage in the world, I advise you to get, get your marriage in marriage class. All right. It's amazing. God has great things, better things. for We're also going to be offering what we're calling SWAT. I'm pumped about SWAT. Uh, Adam is right back there. He's going to take on teaching that for us. What he's going to do is, we're teaching people in Slotted spiritual warfare um, mission, uh, spiritual warfare, help me out, assault team. Spiritual warfare assault team. What we're doing is, we're going to teach people how to soul win. You know, the truth of the matter is, a lot of people don't witness and lead people to the Lord because they're a little unsure on their do whether they're doing it or right. So we're going to teach people how to go through the Word of God and teach people how to actually witness and how to actually lead somebody to the Lord according to the Scripture. We're going to teach people how to share a testimony. You ever heard somebody give a testimony and the devil got more glory out of it than God? They spent 45 minutes talking about all the things the devil did and then they said, and then I got in church and got saved. And the devil got all the... I was a teenager. I grew up in church. And... Um, I used to have all these people the dad would them would have all these people get up and give testimonies and I was a Christian kid, grew up in a Christian home and I used to sit there and think, Lord, I need to get a testimony. That sounds fun. Because at the end of it they'd be like, and then I got saved. All the fun stuff stop. That's not a testimony. You know the testimonies don't give the devil glory, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> If, it, if, if you got saved, obviously everything that you said before was not working for you, okay? And so we, will, you need, we want to teach people how to actually, because the testimonies are so important. The Bible says we destroy the works of the devil by the word of our testimony, by the blood of the Lamb. by the the, So we're going to be dead. Then we're going to teach people how to write a sermon. And so um, then teach people how to street, street witness because we're fixing to take our SWAT team and we're going to take a city. Right before COVID happened, we were one week away from launching Victory Monroe. And then COVID happened. And we got shut down. But this year, we're going back after. There's going to be Victory Monroe before this year is over. And so we're going to that city. We're going to take it. And I need a SWAT team. I need a spiritual warfare uh, uh, assault team to go with me into this city. And we're going to reach it for Jesus. They say, well, there's already good churches there. I know. I know. I've been to a bunch of them. But God called us to go into... There were a lot of churches in El too, but as long as there's one person in these cities that does not belong into the church or isn't saved and living for God, there needs to be another church. I wouldn't care if there was a church literally on every corner of this city until every person in this city was serving the Lord. So we're just going to keep going after the lost, but we've got to build a team. And so we're going to do it with SWATs, all right? So then we're also going to be offering young adults. Young adults, we're going to be doing Pastor Stephen Furtick's... Um, four-week series on greater it's called greater and it's how to live a greater life and um you know it's an amazing pastor furtick probably has some of the greatest revelations in the ministry today and so young adults it will inspire you it will empower you and it will fire you up to live a greater life god has more for you then we will also be doing um the uh, a curriculum called soar and it's how to live a spirit filled life a lot of people know how to be saved but they don't not have a life that the Spirit is actually indwelled and endued in. So we're going to be teaching that four weeks. See, each one of these classes will run four weeks, and then we'll start them over. So if you're going to go to more than one, you can trade out and We'll do that till Easter on Wednesday nights. So we want you to come get a little sample, because I'm convinced if you will try it, you'll be getting noodles and rice all over your car, okay? Because it is addictive. And so... That's what we're going to be doing on Wednesday nights because we believe that God wants you to be free. And we're going to help you get free by offering our small groups and you connecting with other believers. Walking through and being through and going through the same things that you've been through help you get free. And so you can't do it on your own. God looked at man and said it's not good for him to be alone, so he gave him a helper. Right? And then he kept having babies be born because he knew the more of us that walk together serving the Lord, the easier it becomes. So we're going to be finding freedom. But then we don't only believe that we're supposed to find freedom, we also believe as a church that we're supposed to help people discover purpose. That's one of our goals is for you to come in and discover your destiny. We talked about your destiny last week, how that you, know, you're, you were designed, created, and purposed for a specific thing that God wants to use you to change people's lives. And a lot of people go through that they don't know what it is. But we have classes designed, we have the tools, we have personality, spiritual giftings in our membership class that will help you discover your destiny. That will be kicking back up after Easter. But then the next step, and that's what I'm going to talk on today, is what we believe our church is called to do, is make a difference. Amen? It's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's about Him. And He wants to use you to represent Him. In this world, you know, and we're really in a dark time, you know, 2020 is over. But the truth be told, 2021 may not be any better. It may actually be a year as we go into darker situations. If you look at the economists, if you look at even the stock market this week, if you look at if you watch the news and you see there's now several mutant strains of what shut the world down last year, if you look at everything going on, the political unrest is even greater now than ever they're talking about keeping our military troops in Washington till March. I mean, when in the world did we ever have to protect our capital from our own people? You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. It's it's a, we're in a dark time, it's just the truth to be done. But the truth is this. Truth is this, even at night. The glory of God can be seen. That's why He put the moon in the sky. The sky has no light within itself, but it reflects the light of the sun. And God is wanting to use you and He's wanting to use me to reflect God during this season right now. See, even from the very beginning, if you go back in the Bible to very, the very beginning of Genesis, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. All right. There's no doubt God's been involved in everything that's been going on everywhere. God, God is sovereign. And he is Lord. But it says this. It says, "But darkness covered the face of the earth." If I had a best way to describe 2020, it would be, "And darkness covered the face of the earth." All right. There was a back in uh, last December, 19 in December, when they heard the word uh, coronavirus. You know, uh, that darkness started covering the globe, and Corona. Took over and shut thing. And, and honestly, people have had to live in fear. And people have had to live in things that, you know, saying it I, I don't even get to see my parents hardly ever anymore. And I work for my father. My kids, they're coming in in two weeks with me here. Uh, we want you to see Isla Wall. Isn't that cool? But we, they've not been able to travel with me like they normally do because of COVID. And not just because I'm worried about them, but they go to public schools. And I didn't want them bringing in different. I mean, it's been a dark time. And then with all the election stuff and all the, the social stuff and all the... I mean, you, if I had to describe where we're in, it would be. And darkness covered the face of the earth. And you need to know that it's just not America. It's the earth. But this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, but then there the Spirit hovered over the waters. That means even in the midst of everything going crazy, God was there. And I can tell you, I look back at 2020, and I can truly say, and God was there. And I can tell you this, I can look forward to 2021, and I can tell you, and God is going to be there. Now, what you need to understand is the way God did things there in the first chapter of Genesis began to change in the second chapter. See, in the first chapter, I see that as being like 2020. God was there. And the Bible says, and His Spirit hovered over the face of the water. What do you suppose He was doing that for? Because there was darkness over the face of the earth. So the Spirit of God came and got right above the water. Now, why do you think He got right above the water? I believe this, because the Bible says that He is a light. The Bible says that He is the light, the light of the world. So I believe in the middle of the darkness, where there was an absence of light, God got into a place where where His glory could be seen. And when God hovered over the water, the water reflected His glory. I can look back 2020, and I can tell you this, the glory of God got my family through. The glory of God has my daughter walking. The glory of God has financially protected this church. The glory of God has kept my whole family safe and hadn't lost a single member of our church to COVID-19. The glory of God has kept a, in the probably the most racial heightened time in American history, in our lifetimes, has kept an interracial church together, loving each other servants still together the glory of god was there but then check this out i believe the light was over the water so that the glory could be reflected and i can see where god was there last year but then the thing about it was that the the then god began to create and so there was light present because He was there before He said let there be light, before anybody else could recognize it or see it. I think we're about to move into a time where people are going to begin to see the light. Those that haven't seen the light, I believe God's about to, about to reveal. He's, uh, there, his word's about to go forth and this is what we'll get into in a second. And people's lights will come on and we're fixing to see probably the greatest ra- uh, salvations we've seen in our entire lifetimes. But God didn't say before He moved on out of Genesis. This is what the Bible says. His reflection, I believe, was in the water. But there was no evidence of God on the land. So, on day six, the Bible says God got over the land and He reached into the dirt. And He formed a man. And when He formed that man, said He breathed into him. And He made him in His own image. So now, for the first time in history, not only was the image and the glory of God seen on the water, in the Spirit. But now the image and the glory of God was seen on the land. And that that image that he created in chapter 2 is still walking the earth in me and you. So what happened is God are not just supposed to see the glory of God through the Spirit of God. They're supposed to see the glory of God through the image of God on us as well. We're supposed to be the moon during this season. We're supposed to be the one that in the middle of all the darkness, they can see the glory of God reflecting what God has done on me and on you. And moving into this year, I'm so excited that God has chosen us to be his glory bearers. And so what we've done as a church is we've decided this year that we were going to have to make some declarations. We were going to have to make some decisions. And one of the first ones we made was, we're going to put God first in everything. And so this year we made the decision, first thing it is, God's going to be first. I'm going to put God first. So we put God first of our year. And that's what today is. The first way we put him first of our years, we gave him the first 21 days of this year. Our church has been, if you're visiting with us, been praying and fasting over the last 21 days. And we say, God, we love you. We want want to serve you. And we want to show you that you're important enough to us that we're going to push things our flesh may like aside to show you and be the hero and make you the most important thing for us. So we put God the first of our year. Then we also made the decision we're going to put God the first of our month. We're going to sit down and make schedules and plans and budgets so we can give God the first in our month. Then we decided that we'd make God the first of our week. That's why you're sitting in this church here today, Sunday for Friday. We come and we worship and honor the Lord with the first of our week. And then we made the commitment to make God the first of our day. Start every day. We would take the first 15 minutes and go spiritual before we go digital or spiritual before we go social or spiritual before we go any other relationship that, that we would take five minutes and get in the Word five minutes and get into worship five minutes and get into prayer. If, you can't, if that's where you have to start. But you'll see, it's addictive. You can't stop at five. It keeps going. keeps going. And you can't get enough. It's like any other addiction. Once you're hooked... And you can never be satisfied. And so I'm here to tell you, I never went to bed at night and thought I've spent as much time with the Lord as I want to today. As a matter of fact, my days get so busy, I get back and think, man, I wish I'd have had just a little bit more time to be able to sit and get in His presence or sit in open days. I thought, man, I wish I would have just done it, but I've never got enough. And so I've decided this year, that we're going to keep Him first. And so that's what we've We've moved into this time of fasting. Now, today is the break of our fast, and I believe that God is wanting to do something amazing today in this service and with the gathering together of us together. Like I said, you know, our mission at this church is not only to you know, know God, but not only to find freedom, but not only to help you discover purpose, but our mission is to make a difference. And I believe that what God is going to do today is going to empower us to be able to step forth and make a difference in the world outside of these walls. God don't want to just keep doing things in here. Although, if you need a miracle, this is the greatest place you can be. I'm here to tell you, yeah. You know, if you any time this this is what I want to title my message today: moving into the super and allowing it to become natural. In other words, we start living super. Natural. It's just natural for us to move into the Spirit. It's natural for us to live by the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's natural for us to see miracles. It's natural for us to see God move and change circumstances and situations. Because it is God's will to do that. That's why the Bible says that when we pray, we pray, Thy will on earth, in heaven be done. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed thy name, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth it is, is in heaven. God's will is for the supernatural to just be natural for you. Not be a weird thing or not to be a foreign thing that just you go to church every once in a while and God hopefully does something. He wants you to walk in the Spirit daily. And so to do that, it's going to take us having to make some decisions. And that's what we've been over the last several weeks. But today, we're going to pick up on the part of making a difference. We're going to have to decide that I am going to allow God to use me to make a difference. So I want you to say, say, from now on, God can use me to make a difference. That's one of our missions at this church. So the way we do it, I believe we have to be empowered by God. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. And so, in the Bible, we're going to jump right in on chapter Matthew, uh, the book of Matthew, chapter four. And what we're picking up here is where Jesus was just like me and you, although he was fully God, he was still fully man. And we're going to pick up on him here, though, in his life. Up to this point, we've not seen very much of him. We knew how Jesus was born. We knew how Jesus lived as a teenager because we saw him when he was 12. He was full of the Word of God and was able to teach it in a way that even scholars were amazed. And the Bible said this, I must be about my father's business. He knew at that point that he he needed to be a difference maker. There was a must attached to him. Each one of you have a must attached to you. God wants you to... God wants to use you in a way that you can't live without doing it, without being used by Him. And that's living a supernatural life. But then, Jesus disappears. And they call it the silent years. And we have no idea what was going on in Jesus' life from 12 to 30. Except one scripture. There's one scripture in the Bible that gives us a picture into what Jesus did during those years, and it's Luke 2.52. And it says this, He grew in wisdom and stature with favor from God and favor of man. Now, this is very important. Because if God's going to use you, that scripture right there has to be something that you're going to have to choose to live out. One, you're going to have to make the decision this year that you're going to grow, you're going to increase, you're going to move forward in wisdom that comes from the Word and that comes from God. And stature, you spiritually becoming stronger, you're spiritually getting bigger. You're going to have to move forward. And the way you do that is got to know God. you got to find freedom. you got to discover purpose. So then God can use you to make a difference. You're going to have to grow this year. And then it said this. It says, with favor from God. That means Jesus made decisions that He was going to live a life that was pleasing to the Lord. He couldn't just live, walk, talk. Act like everybody else. He had to pull himself, consecrate himself to be someone that when God looked at him, says, that's my son in whom I'm well pleased. He grew in wisdom. He grew increased with favor of God every day. He knew God a little bit more every day. He loved God a little bit more. And every day he got up with the idea that I'm going to live today for the Lord because this is the day that he's made. So I'm going to rejoice and be glad and I'm going to make choices to serve God today. He grew in favor with God. But then this is very important, too. And I've watched so many countless Christians miss this part, especially when it came to going into ministry or being effective in their jobs or effective for the kingdom. It says they grew with, he grew in favor of man. That means what people think of you matters. You say, well, no, it shouldn't cricket, It shouldn't matter. Yes, it does. Because how many times have you met a Christian that left such a bad taste in your mouth that you didn't want any part of Christianity? I was a PK. I was a PK. I grew up in a church, and the meanest people I've met were deacons and elders and people that grew up in church. You know, the old people. I actually, I was not the good PK. I had brothers and sisters that filled those positions. I was the one that was always in trouble. And I remember one time when I was coming out of the bathroom at my dad's church when I was 14, I hit the door on the deep One of the deacons said, they said, why don't you run away and make your daddy's life better? And I thought, Man, that's the nicest thing that's ever been told to me. And it came from a Christian. I've been hurt in churches. I've got to be honest with the you. I've been hurt more in churches than probably anywhere else because the people. because a lot of times people don't understand. God don't want you just to care about making and pleasing God, but He wants you also to grow with the favor of man. In other words, He wants people to like you. Because if people don't like you, they won't listen to you. If people don't like you, you don't look like God. If, people don't, if, if you can't walk in love, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, if you can't walk in the fruits of the Spirit, then what happens is you're reflecting. You're, you're like a half moon or a, or a new moon. You're not the full moon. And see, if people are going to find God in this season, in this time, they need to see the full moon. So you're not going to be able to be a racist Christian no anymore. You're not going to be able to be a hateful Christian. You're not going to be able to be a gossiping Christian anymore. God's got to have a church that He can shine His light fully through. And so you're going to have to be willing to do what Jesus did during the former years. You have to choose. I'm going to grow in wisdom and stature. I'm going to live a way that is pleasing to God. But yet, I'm still going to love the people that God sent me to help change. I'm going to grow in the favor of man too. I know so many preachers that... Couldn't get jobs, or couldn't because they were just mean, or they were bad businessmen, or they would rip people off financially outside the church. But they wanted to be a leader in the church. And I mean, you just can't do that. You got to grow. God wants you to be well-rounded because the moon He made is a round circle, and He wants to reflect into round. He wants a well-rounded believer that's not just all weird Christian spiritual, but can walk into the world and make a difference in people that don't know Him. Amen. And so. We find Jesus and we pick him up here in Matthew chapter 4 where we haven't seen him in a long time. We don't know whole much about him. He shows up on the scene and he gets baptized by John. And then check this out. We start reading here. It says, and then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I told the early morning service this. How cool is that? That even Jesus had to depend on the Holy Spirit leading him to go where he needed to go. So I'm so glad that I don't have to be so smart that I know all the answers. I just need to know who to go to to get the answers, that I can go into my prayer calls, I can listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit, I can move as God speaks to me, and I can depend on God to lead me to the places that He's called me to lead. And then it says this, He led him into the wilderness. It said, to be tempted by the devil. You know, I don't know about you, but I used to think this Scripture, that the devil must have obviously surprised Jesus That, you know, when Jesus, the Holy Spirit must have been leading him somewhere to bless him or take care of him. And all of a sudden the devil was there. Nobody knew it. That's not what it says. But it says that the Holy Spirit actually led Jesus into a wilderness that had a devil in it. Why? Why? Because God allows us to go through things so that people around us and you will know that he's going to use you for victory. That He's going to give you the victory. That's why He don't just go before us and make everything easy. He wants you to walk through things with Him. You're going to come out victorious. You got, you don't got to doubt how it's going to end. But we are going to go through things. 2020 was a year that we had to walk through to get victory. We walked into Him. God gave it to us victorious. 2021, you're going to walk through some things that you're going to have to depend on the Holy Spirit. Because circumstances may not look like they, you think they should but you can depend on the holy spirit the devil knew the i mean the holy spirit knew the devil was in that wilderness but the holy spirit led him in there anyway because when he came out of it he was stronger than he was when he went in and the bible said this he went into the wilderness and then check this out i'd never seen this before this week when i was reading this it says the holy spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil so the holy spirit led him in there to face the devil but i believe this jesus knew that he wasn't ready and you say what how Because it said this, it says, after he had fasted for 40 days. So in other words, Jesus knew he was going to go face some things in that wilderness that were going to be tough. He knew the devil was going to come at him. He knew they were going to be tough. But so Jesus got himself ready and got himself ready, moved himself into a position to get powerful enough. Because Jesus said this later in his life, it says, some miracles only come about. By prayer and fasting. You think he learned that later on in there? No, he learned that in this wilderness right here. And so, he'll, I, because we went through 2020, I believed believe gee, uh, that's coming into 2021, I know. There's going to be some miracles this year that I know God wants to use. It's only going to come about by prayer and fasting. That's putting God first and positioning ourselves to where God's going to be able to empower. Because what does fasting do? But, but when the disciples said, hey... Um, The the story, when Jesus said there there were only miracles come out by prayer and fasting, what happened was this guy had a son that he brought to the disciples and said, hey, I want you to heal him. Because every time we get by our fire, he throws himself in the fire. Every time we get by water, he throws himself in the water and tries to drown himself. Man, the enemy is coming to get the devil. has come against this kid. The Bible says the disciples prayed for him and they could not cast him out. Couldn't set him free. It was God's will for the disciples to cast that devil out and set that kid free. You need to understand something. It's God's will for you to make a difference in this city, in your family, on your job. It is God's will. But the truth of the matter is, a lot of times, because we didn't prepare ourselves before we got there, we weren't able to do it when we were on the job. And so this year we made the decision: We're going to prepare ourselves to get there. So Jesus said this. He said, he looked at his and he says, "You wicked and you perverse generation." We talked about this. That wicked and perverse means wicked is too far from God, perverse is too close to the world. So he looked at him and said, "You guys are too far from God and you're too much like the world for to be able to the enemy to be affected by you." So what you do is you pray and you fast. So that's what we did. Because when you pray and you fast, when you fast, you Get away from the world. You're pushing the fleshes out. When you pray, you get closer to God. So they said, you wake him for a day. He said, some miracles only come about by praying. You're going to be effective in 2021 because you made a decision to pray and fast this year. You've decided to push the, 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 push the world away and draw closer to God in this season. You say, well, cricket, I didn't. Well, you're connected to a church that did. And the Bible says, the gates of hell, it says, upon this rock I'll build my church. And the, and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail. You say, well, creator, I missed it. Well, you can pray and fast anytime you want to this year. But if you, if you didn't join in on that one, you better stay in church. Because I'm being honest with you. 2021, I can't tell you it's going to be any different than 2020, but I can tell you this, God will be the same. And if God's going to be the same, He wants to use you in a greater way because that's what He wanted to do in 2020. He didn't change His mind. He wants to use you to make a difference now. But now, how did Jesus do this? We're going to go real fast. You ready? The Bible says he fasted for 40 days. And after he had fasted, it said the devil came to him. And the devil thought he had him. And the devil tried to tempt him. And the Bible says that first he came to him and said... And the Bible says, and Jesus, after he fasted 40 days, you can read it, it says, and he was hungry. So he didn't feel good. He didn't feel strong. He didn't feel anointed. He felt hungry. You ever sat in church hungry? I know you are right now because I smell barbecue. I'm hungry. All right, so it's hard to concentrate. It's hard to... But it says that he was... It says he was hungry. It said the devil came to him and says, If you be the Son of God, change these stones into bread. And Jesus said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This year, God is positioning us and wants to use and anoint us and empower us to be able to, the devil said, Hey, those issues, those needs, those desires you have, why don't you take something from the world and meet that need? And Jesus said this, Man shall not live by things of this world. Man shall live by things from that world. And I'm going to let the Word of God sustain me. I'm going to let the Word of God nourish me. I'm going to let the Word of God strengthen me. Where maybe bread has done it in the past. Now, from this point on, I'm going to rely on the Spirit. To do things. I'm going to make supernatural things a part of my life. I'm going to make what God's grace and the power that He has to anoint me to do things that I couldn't do before. Maybe Jesus couldn't push away bread before. Maybe that temptation, but after He prayed and fasted, God gave Him the ability to be able to stand in the face of the devil and say, I'm too close to God. I've separated myself from the world for me to fall back into that trap, devil. Maybe you've been falling into the same trap all of last year. This year will be different for you because God's about to release something on you starting today. And then the devil said, hey, hey, why don't you get up here and look, throw yourself off this cliff? Because if you throw yourself off this cliff, doesn't the Bible say, surely God will protect you? And Jesus looked at him and said, Bible said, don't tempt. It is written, don't tempt the Lord your God. That came totally down to protection. Last year, you may have been afraid all year long. God going to keep your family safe? Is God going to keep your marriage safe? Is God going to keep your money safe? You need to know something. This year, God's going to release the power of His protection over you. You are not going to have to live in fear of COVID. You're not going to have to live in fear of all the things that the enemy's tried to hold you back on. He said, he said, you don't got to tempt God. You're not even going to bring me to the edge of this cliff and make me think that because my God has never failed. I'm not even going to put myself in a place where he can because he just doesn't. And so he just walked through that one, no problem. Then what happened was he put him up on a mountain. He said, look at everything down here you see. All these kingdoms I will give you if you will bow down and worship me, if you'll make something else your God, then I will make every one of your dreams come true. And I'm here to tell you, God is saying if you'll give Him your worship, you will totally focus on Him this year. He's going to make all your dreams come true. Even things that you thought that were dead. Even goals that you thought couldn't come about. The supernatural will be a part of your life this year. But why is the question. Why would God do all this for me? I'm here to prophesy, but to preach at the same time. But why? And it tells us in the next scripture. And it says it in verse 17 of Matthew chapter 4, but it also says it in Mark 1 verse 14. It says this, and it says, For the time, from that time, Jesus began to preach. Isn't that awesome? Jesus Jesus hadn't preached before. He taught. It says Jesus began to preach. And it says, and to say, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want to visit that in just a second. Let me visit it just for a second. He began to preach. Why is God going to do these things for you? Because He wants to use you to make a difference. And if you will make a decision that you're going to let God use you, you're going to be the one that will step out and make a difference. You begin, you say, well, cricket, how can I make a difference? You begin to preach. The word of the Lord to every person, you know, there should not be a single person this year that you work with that doesn't know that you want them to be saved. There should not be a single family member in your life this year that doesn't know you want them to be saved. It doesn't matter how bad they've hurt you, what wrong they've done you. They should know you want them to be saved because God wants to use you this year to make a difference for their eternity. That is the prayer he wants to use you and he will use you. You say, well, what what does that mean, repent? Well, you tell people, man, God loves you. He wants to change your life. He died for you. And if you'll give your life to Him, He will turn your life completely around. That is the message of repent. You ask Him to be your Lord, and He will turn your life completely around. Repent means 180, not 360. 180. God, give your life to the Lord. Let Him change your situation. But then He said this, and preached, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is this. Number one, the kingdom of heaven brings life. You've got to understand this. God said, I come to give life and life more abundantly. But see, the reason why we need life so bad, because a lot of times we get in our minds that what life that God gives us is a preventative antidote to what it is that you're going through. In other words, when you got that concept of what life means, when things start going bad, you start questioning the faithfulness of your God because God, why didn't you keep that from happening? God, why did you not stop this from coming on? Why didn't you keep him from leaving me? Why didn't you keep her from hurting me that way? God, and if you've got a if you think that the life that God's given you is just supposed to be a preventative, then you've got the wrong concept of the life. Mary and Martha in the Bible both knew Jesus very well. They were friends of Jesus, it said. But they when they went through a hard, dark time the Bible says Martha came up to Jesus and said, if you had only been here. In other words, why, if you would have been here, you would have kept this from happening. And Jesus says, oh no, I wouldn't have. I, and as a matter of fact, if you read a couple of scriptures up before, he didn't come on purpose. They told him Lazarus was sick, and it says, and he chose to wait two more days. God's not going to prevent every bad thing in your life from happening. He's not. God's not going to stop. COVID-19 from coming on the world. God's not going to stop somebody from hurting or offending you. God may not stop your boss from firing you on the job. God may not, because God's not just a preventative. But the Bible says, Mary came up to Jesus and said, if you would have only been here. Then the the, the religious leaders there in John chapter 10 came up and said, says, is this not the man that opened blind eyes and delivered people? It says, Could he not have prevented this man from dying? And this is what Jesus said. Jesus says, I'm not a preventer. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. You need to understand what this life is. What has died, God can raise again. What has been broken, God can heal again. He didn't say I'm going to stop bad things from happening into you and your family. What he said is, when I'm with you and you're with me, when bad things happen, it's better for you because I'm about to bring you to another level and I'm going to let you see the glory of God come out of these situations. What the devil meant for harm, God will use for good. So he's come to give you life. No matter what your circumstance, no matter what your situation is, he's is the resurrection and he is the life. So when he doesn't prevent something, you need to know he's wanting to use you to let people around you see that your God is faithful and he's not done with you. And even if they bury him and put a tomb in front of him, he starts stinking, you've got to know that that's not your God. He didn't fail. He's going to pull it out if he has to, because you serve the redeemer. You serve the resurrection and the life. So the kingdom of God is at hand. Resurrection life is available to you. Every past dream, every broken relationship, every bad health diagnosis is yours. But not only is it life He gives, the kingdom of God is at hand because He also has available to you freedom. And probably one of the most common questions asked, if God knows everything, why was the tree put in the garden? If God knew they were going to mess up, because, see, we know God can be preventative. The Bible says when Adam and Eve failed, that he put angels standing at the door of the garden with flaming swords to keep anyone from coming back in. Why didn't he put them angels in front of that um, tree before he, they got there? Why did he let them fail? Before, why didn't he dig a moat? Why didn't he put a fence? Why didn't he build a wall? Why didn't he hide it better instead of put it right in the middle? Those are the, why, if God knows everything, did he want us to fail? No. But you got to understand this about freedom. If you don't have a choice, you're not free. And that's dangerous about our nation right now. Because although it's a sweet concept to take the the rights to speak your mind if it's mean off of Facebook. But you take away the freedom to do wrong and people aren't free. You take away the freedom to do right and people aren't free. You take the choice out of the matter. And the Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You need to understand something. I don't not sin because I don't have the desire. I have come to the place where God has given me the grace. I can stop sinning because I have a choice. Because He set me free. And the proof that I'm free is I can say no. See, a lot of people have the concept now that grace is God will forgive you for anything. You can do anything that's already forgiven. No, grace is you have the power to say no. I have the power of freedom. And it was for freedom that He set us free. It's what the Bible says. And so when you come into the kingdom of God... You don't have to be a slave to sin anymore. You don't when the life that you have, that addiction that you've not been able to control or that lifestyle or that, that heart that you just enraged you. You now have the freedom to be able to walk away from it and make a choice that this no longer has to be a part of me. I don't have to be a slave to sin any longer. For years it may have had me, but now the kingdom of heaven is at hand and I'm going to take hold of my freedom and I'm going to live the right choice. And the only way it can be the right choice is if it, there is a wrong choice. But this life, this kingdom that we God wants using, gives you the power. It gives you the grace to say no or to say yes or to love in the midst of hurt or to do what's right in the midst of wrong. But not only does it give you life, not only does it give you freedom, the next thing that this will give you this year is courage. Because it will take courage this year for God to use you. Because for God to use you, it will always be in the face of fear. Courage is you believing the Word of God when you're scared to death. We read the story about David and we think David was this brave guy. No, David had a lot of courage. Because you say, well, no, he was brave. He ran down on that giant. Yeah, but he took a weapon. So that means that he knew he was going to have to fight. And if he was going to have to fight, there was a chance that he could win. But he knew who his God was. And so he had faith in God, but he had to take the steps down the hill. Courage is you taking steps down the hill. The Bible says in Joshua 1.8, it says, Be strong and courageous. It says, Don't let a word depart out of your mouth, and everything you will do will be a success and will prosper. No matter what fear, fact, or tactic you're facing this year, if you will decide that no matter what it looks like, no matter how it feels, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to be strong. Strong means I'm going to find out what the Word of God says. And courageous means I'm going to walk out what the Word of God says. There will be nothing God can't use you to do this year. There's nothing. Because everything that God calls us to do takes us taking a step of faith. It's impossible to please Him without it. So that means there's going to be an opportunity for me to bail out, for me to quit, to pull back, to not take the step. But it tells me this. If I will be strong and courageous, if I know what the Word of God says and I'll act on it, there's nothing. Everything I do will prosper and everything I will do succeed. He said, well, Cricket, all that sounds cool, but man, I've tried this before, but this year's different. And let me tell you why it's, this year's different. We're coming out of a fast in a dark time. Here in Matthew chapter 4 and in Mark chapter 1, it was a dark time. The children of Israel had been up to that point enslaved by the Roman Empire. And their prayer and their hope and everything they had put their trust in was that one day there was going to be a Messiah. And there were four hundred years of silence, four hundred years of darkness. They had no idea when God was or how God was. But then the Bible said this: the Bible says that Jesus showed up on the scene. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus is on the scene. Look back; there's proof. Look back in 2020; you're still alive. You shouldn't be. I shouldn't be. The whole world should have went to hell in a handbasket. Amen? Because <laughs> it was there. The opportunities were there. But we didn't. There's proof. The Messiah is here. But then that's what it says. It said he went into a time of praying and fasting. Up to that point, Jesus had not done any miracles. He hadn't changed the world. But then, it says he prayed and fasted. It says God delivered him, gave him the strength to turn away the devil. And then I love it. We're going to read this one scripture. It says this. And then he sent his, in verse 11, it says, then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered to him. You're not going to do this alone. God's going to empower you. When you seek the Lord, God says, Surely he will be found. That's what we've done over the last 21 days. And so this is what I want to pray over us today. We're going to celebrate. We're supposed to go out there and eat some chicken. Man, and not a set we we there's not a single live chicken out there. You don't gotta worry, we've killed them all. And they're all dead. And we're going to eat them really well. We're going to celebrate this fast as we go out. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. We're about to enjoy fellowship. Socially distanced. But good food. But I I truly believe with all my heart, the Lord told me, Cricket, you're not going to do it alone. And the church isn't going to have to do it alone. If you'll choose life. If you'll choose freedom. And you'll choose courage that everything you face this year, you have the power to overcome. Even if you didn't have the power to overcome it last year, you're going to win where you thought you would have failed. You're going to cruise through where you thought you would have lost. God's going to use you in mighty ways. But you got to choose life. And I don't know if you're here today, but if you're here today and you say, Cricket, I, I, I haven't chose life in a long time. I haven't been right with the Lord in a long time. I maybe was when I was a kid, but I've been living, my, I've been living, kingdom living, I've been living my living. And so I want to choose life today. I want to give you a chance right now to choose life and change the rest of your year, change the rest of your life, change the rest of your eternity. You simply say today, I want to choose life. I want to get right with the Lord. I want to ask Jesus back into my heart. I want to give him lordship in my life. If that's you. I want you just to be bold. I mean, I want you. I was says if you'll um, confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. Men, there's certain things you got to be bold about. Certain things you don't. But this one, them times that you can be bold because you're in an atmosphere that when you are bold about this, this place will celebrate with you. Ain't no embarrassment here. I remember sitting in your seats, and I remember the day that I said, I need to get right with the Lord. And then his destiny began to live. So if you're done, you say, Cricket, I need to get right with the Lord. Would you simply raise your hand? Let me pray with you. Let me pray this prayer with you today. All right, let's pray. Say, Dear Father, I choose life today. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me for all the sins that have allowed to come into my life and separate me from you. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose again on the third day. And today I ask you to be Lord of my life. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you raised your hand with me, would you take another step? Because i got a free gift for you today. Would you simply stand? Would you simply, if you prayed that prayer, would you give these guys a huge hand clap? We celebrate this with you. We celebrate this with you because this is what it's all about. This is Wade right here. Wade does our new beginners class new believers class in other words you say well I'm not new I've known but what he's going to do is he's got a book and what he does is he helps you know exactly what your next step is because I know this if you don't know where to go you could end up where you were and so I'm going to ask you right now just to go out this door with him I got chairs set up out there he's got a free gift for you hug my neck Shelby I'm not worried about catching them you go ahead. He's going to get you and let you know exactly what the next thing to do. Because I don't want you to walk out and be the same. Now I want to pray this with you guys. I want to pray that God right now sent His ministering angels into this place. You say, well, Cricket, I don't believe all that hokey stuff. You need to. Because Jesus was coming out of a wilderness, weak, tired. But the Bible says His ministering angels came and they ministered strength into Him. And He was able to fulfill the destiny that He was sent there. It says read it in the New King James. Now they put the titles up there and it says, then began the ministry of Jesus. Some of you have been waiting your whole life to be used by God. I'm here to tell you 2021 is the time God's ready to use you. 2021 is when God's not going to let you do it alone. He will empower you by the Holy Spirit. He will lead you where you need to go and he will send his ministering angels impart power in you in areas where you did not have before today. Today's not any ordinary day. There will never be another day like today. And God's going to do what He said He would do. Because that's who He is. And so right now I want to pray. Father God, I ask You. Lord, we've decided as a church at the beginning of this year to put You first. And God, those that have done that in Your Bible, in Your Word, it says that when they did that, You honored it. And here in Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus saw you and he fasted, it says that you did not let him walk into his ministry and destiny alone, but you sent your ministering angels into his life to impart strength and impart power. So right now, Lord, I ask you, in the middle of this room, I ask you that your Holy Spirit and ministering angels begin to right now impart strength and power into every single person in this room desiring more of you. God, I ask you right now that you begin to pour strength in the areas where they couldn't say no. You'd begin to pour life into areas that they thought were dead and gone. And you'd begin to put courage in the areas where the enemy is trying to make them draw back. Because, Lord, you're, you have moved them to a place in this moment in time for them to be difference makers to be history changers and to be used mightily by you to make a difference and so Lord as we don't just give you the first 21 days of our year we give you the rest of our lives to use us for your will for your purpose and for your destiny I ask you right now Father God to release visions and goals into people let them be that's going begin to open their eyes spiritually where they begin to see what they're to do. Begin to see what steps they're to take. Begin to see the ministries and the parts of the kingdom that you have them to walk into. And God, I think you that right now you're putting the Holy Spirit on them to so where they feel even the impartation of power begin to fill them from the top of their head to the soles of their toes, allowing a river of living water to begin to overflow and flow out of them. That when they walk into a room, they do not walk alone, but they walk in through the power of the Holy Spirit. And as they go in, you go in, and you begin to change hearts. as just simply by them entering into the presence of where the enemy is held captive. So, Lord, I thank you that 2021 will be the greatest year we've ever lived. We have dedicated the first part for you, and you're going to let us live out the rest, being used mightily, completely fulfilled, full of joy. Your word says in Romans that you are the God of hope and that you will fill us with joy and peace. I thank you. That's what 2020 is in our lives, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I love you. God bless you.